I'll start. Hello everyone, this is Playing Devils of Card over a podcast. You okay? Yes. Yep, yep, I can stop. No, it's fine. <laughs> oh dear. Um, welcome, one and all. Welcome. Welcome. To the podcast. I am Claire Isaac. With me is... Lisa Sinclair. <laughs> My name is Lisa Sinclair, I tell you. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to look expensive on a budget. Oh, that sounds good. Not on a budgie, Ooh, which would be terrible. That'd be weird. Um, we're going to talk about um, why your periods could be linked to your creativity. Yes. If you still have periods. Yes. <laughs> or if you've ever had them. Oh. Because we've got lots of boy listeners. Yes. Fair yes. enough. And some other stuff. Other stuff. That sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's go. Now, yeah, you promised we'd talk about this. I know. So I don't want to leave get, anyone hanging. As no, well. let's get straight into um, it. So last week we talked about the faecal transplants and how um, you can get paid $25 um, a poo, essentially, for um, dropping, <laughs> dropping the kids off at the pool um, and um, at the new poo banks that are happening around, in, especially in Adelaide, I think, is the first one. Um, and so when we were looking it up on um, last week, and we were talking about it, I scrolled down to the bottom of the story, as I am doing now, um, and I read this thing that said faecal transplants could cause recipients to take on donors' traits. And we were aghast and again my god it's so amazing so let us there's growing evidence we don't have to says. go back over fecal transplants everyone knows what it is now don't well, they i guess yeah good yeah. people with good guts poops is put into people with bad guts yeah so basically yeah. you donate your poo it yeah. gets mixed with some glycerin and some other yeah. stuff put in a in a sieve yeah and then shoved into somebody else yes who's got gut problems who's got gut problems yeah. and it sorts them out but now but but well actually it's not now this is actually from 2017 oh, okay. so but they're still fascinating yeah there's growing evidence that fecal transplants could be causing some patients to take on the physical and mental traits of their donors including body shape and even symptoms of depression, isn't that amazing? amazing. Like, oh my god! Like, that is like almost a bit sci- science fiction. It's isn't very it? science fiction. Yeah. Uh, but this guy who um, is from the Department of Infectious Diseases at Austin Health says it's a very successful way to fix an overgrowth of bad bacteria. What we're learning about now is the change in the mix of bacteria when you get this transplant can alter the person who's getting it to take on some of the characteristics of the donor sometimes. There have been people who have taken on the shape of the donor, such as if the donor is either overweight or underweight, they've become more like that. Mm. There's even been reports of some people who have never been depressed getting a transplant from someone who has had depression and ending up with their first episode of depression after that. So... That's kind of that's some serious shit. It's some serious shit. <laughs> I don't even know what to think about that. I would love to find someone who that's happened to. Yes, and and hear their story. Imagine if you were like a really like happy-go-lucky person, yeah. and then you um, got yeah. Mr. Angry's poo. Yeah, you became really angry. Yeah, or, or vice versa. Or you suddenly became well. I think you probably, a fan of a fan of Duran Duran. It'd be so weird, wouldn't it? Suddenly you start knowing mm. all the words to all the Spanavellas. It's almost a bit like, and I don't know if I've imagined this. Are there stories? I love stories about transplant, oh, like heart, heart, heart transplants, and, stuff, yeah. and then people do take on yes, those characteristics yeah. as well. A lot of it would be, I think, a lot of it's the power of suggestion in those okay. instances as well. But with the poo that you don't know where it's coming from, amazing. 
I mean, I guess it's I because well, a lot of transplants you don't there's things that you sign so you don't know who your yes. donor is. Presumably, not every poo donor is going to say, "Oh, I'd no. love them to know that it was my poo." No, I don't think I don't <laughs> think you can trace. I want to trace my poo. Yeah. I'm going to go and do this. Okay. And I'm going to trace my All right. poo. Okay, and we're going to see what happens. We're going to follow the poo on its journey through the entire journey. I cannot wait to read this story. Same. Amazing. I can't, I can't wait to write it. No. I can't wait to live it. Yes. I can't wait for it to drop. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> anyway, so that's exciting, isn't it? It sure is. Should we talk about something else? Yeah. It's not poo related for yeah, once. Yeah, go on. Um, should we talk about how to look expensive on a budget? Yeah, go on. Now, I've been throwing this story around for a while now because I quite like it. Basically, um, it's just—it's not really that at all. It's just saying that there are some things that you can see on clothes that show how cheap they are. So if you want to look like you're classy and, and um, trying to appear like you're all put together, yeah. there's some things that are really obviously noticeably things that look cheap. Yes. I can't even speak. Can't speak today. Maybe I had a poo transplant from someone who can't speak. Oh. <clears throat> so... Hardware is one of them. Yeah. So poorly done buckles and clasps yep. and zips. Yeah. A really big I love giveaway. A bit of good hardware yeah. on the bag. So if it, if mm. a zip's a bit wonky or isn't mm. been sewn in properly or isn't yep. perfectly done, chances are it could be a fake, for example, or it could be mm. just a cheap. And I do think option. nice bags. The hardware, nice hardware is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, faded colours. So things that look a bit sort of cheap and faded off mm. the bat kind of a, sim- a sort of sign yes. that maybe they're not as expensive as they could be. Exposed zippers, unless they've been builders exposed yes. zippers always, then they are bad. So you just need to keep an eye on that. This is kind of boring, this story, isn't it, in retrospect? But anyway, unfinished hems. Unless they're meant to be. Yes. So I guess it's like if it feels like it's been badly sewn. Badly done, yeah. You know the difference, people. You know it. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, there was something else that was actually quite interesting. Embellishing. Oh, no, this woman's an idiot. She doesn't oh, know what she's talking about. Okay. I think I love a bit of embellishment. She's talking to the wrong people. She is. Wrinkles. So, um, oh, yeah, when stuff pulls funny. Either pulls funny or if it's that fabric that just wrinkles when it's on. So if you're seeing it on a hanger and it's wrinkling, yeah. you know you're never going to want to iron it. You know, Unless it's that it. wrinkly fabric. Yeah, that's fine. Which but is really the... confusing because then are you meant to iron that or not? Well, no, you don't want to get the wrinkles out. No, you don't yeah. want to lose the wrinkles. No, but like, you know when you go into some... Uh, Cheap shops, and um, I mean, I'm all for them, as you know. Yeah. And you go into those chain stores, and things are hanging on the hanger, and they just look really wrinkled already, like they've been folded up and they haven't lost the creases. That's a bad sign. Yeah. That means they're not going to be easy to look after because you're going to wash them once, and then you're never going to iron them. I've got many of those clothes at home. (laughs) In fact, my whole wardrobe's probably like that, my husband would probably say. Seams, bad seams. Oh, yeah. Hate that. That would hang badly. Yeah. And just poorly placed, so they're in the wrong spot. And that's it, really. Um, Also, does it really matter? Probably not. Probably not. I think, as well, you can really mix stuff up and you can get something a little bit cheap and cheerful and then mix it with something... um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, you should. But I think if it's badly made, then that's a different thing. If it's made so it's uncomfortable or sits weirdly or isn't particularly... I wonder if there's an age thing as well that you can wear cheap and cheerful when you're younger. I still wear lots of cheap and cheerful. I said to my friend the other day, she said, oh, I love your skirt. And I said, oh, it's from H&M. She said... And I said, oh, you should get it because it's long because we both have legs we don't like. Right. And she said, oh, I never go into H&M as if I'd said, like, if I'd sworn at her. Oh. And I was like, I go in there all the time. I shop in there all the time. But maybe that's she was just... 
saying, I'd never think to go in there. No, no, she meant... Oh, OK. Right, which is fair enough. Yeah. Like, because she's, you know, a 51-year-old woman. Why would well, you want to? But you should, because you can get some good things, mix them up, put them in with your expensive items, I'd Well, say. on that, dressing as a 50-something-year-old woman... Yeah. I read a story mm. about fashion <laughs> by Sharon Walker um, in The Guardian... And basically, the headline was, and this is why I read it, yeah. my wardrobe is bursting with sequins. What does that say about me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, my God. It says, you're Claire says, or Lisa. You're Claire or Lisa. <laughs> so um, this article, which actually went on and on and on, so I'm just going to try and you know crunch it right down for you. She, um, Sharon Walker does this sort of like first-person piece because she's meeting Dawn Karen. Dawn has two ends. Mm, and Dawn Karen is a woman with two first names. <laughs> also... <laughs> so there you go. And she's a fashion psychologist whose new book, Dress Your Best Life, promises to harness the power of clothes to transform your life. So she basically, she goes through her wardrobe, goes to see this lady who's going to give her a wardrobe makeover. Yeah. But what just really made me laugh was, there's a, I will post it on the PDAs, but um, there's a picture of her and she's in a full-length silver sequin gown with her gold shoes. And she says, I have the wardrobe of a fashionista at a permanent cocktail party, whereas in reality I'm a 50-year-old mother of two yeah and it's just and it's, it's actually sort of, me although i don't have the kid the kids but no i have the wardrobe of someone who goes out a lot yes and we have talked about this before about that sort of you know that tra- transition and should you change the way mm. you look because you're getting older um and she says i'm at a transitional stage in my life one that i'm not sure my current wardrobe suits so she goes to this woman and they sort of do a bit of a cull and then she gets these outfits that she could wear um, and it goes on and on for hours. But the so, woman, but Cap, um, Dawn doesn't tell her to get rid of them. She says she can keep some of them, doesn't she? Yeah, that's she the does. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's um, nice. But she does have six simple rules for stress-free dressing. Yeah. Would you like me to just quickly run through them? Sure. Less choice equals less stress. Yeah, but I don't know mm. if that's true because I like to have choice. Yeah. And I might I mean, not feel like wearing a no. blah. It's good in, in theory, but in practice... It's quite hard to execute, I think. Mm. Like, have those capsule mm. wardrobes. Mm-hmm. Dress for your mood. That's mm. probably a good idea. Like, mm. I know that if I wear a bright colour, um, I don't know if it does much to my mood, but everyone likes it. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone going, oh, you look nice, makes me probably feel a bit right. better okay. and yeah. happier. Yeah. Figure out your personal brand or trademark look. Oh, I've done that. I think you've probably done that. You've I, done that. No, I, I think I sort of quite vary and ve- vary and veer a bit. Mm. Um, reduce decision fatigue. Put together a capsules wardrobe. Just, just said the same thing same twice. Same thing twice. <laughs> um, and there's no shame in repeating outfits or having a style uniform. Um, think about Obama in his blue suit, Steve Jobs in his turtleneck. Um, Claire, Claire and her, Claire black, and her t-shirt and black skirt combo. Yeah, um, and don't be a slave to trends or star rules. I feel like we could have written that. I think anyone could write that. To yeah, me, especially making a lot of money. Yeah, we're just we're wasted here. Look, I'm not giving up my sequins <laughs> or my leopard my... print. No. Um, did I tell you um, that a friend went to a fiftieth and um, the theme was leopard print? And every, so everybody really went for it. But I'm sure I told you this because they said to me, well, you wouldn't have had to buy anything. No, yeah. And I was like, no. And they, But they had to buy something for it. How could that I be? How if could anyone told, not have any leopard print If now? you were the person who told me this story, I do apologise. I no. can't remember who you oh, are. Oh, not me. You're no, not, it wasn't you. Seriously, <laughs> you're, no. like, you're looking at me, but no. you're talking to the audience. I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> if it was you, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who you are. Yeah. Um, I do remember you saying that. I would that, have yeah. had seven bits of leopard print slash animal print. The funny thing is, is that you can only, I can only wear one piece at a time. Of course. I'm wearing a leopard print shoe today. In yes, I've got sparkly gold sneakers <laughs> on. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. All right. Let's do some culture, culture club. club.
Sorry, I'm leaning into the wrong bit. I'm oh. leaning into the computer instead All right. of the... We'll try. Try your best. Microphone. Um, I wanted to talk about The Pharmacist, which I've been watching on Netflix. Yes. And have you watched it? No. It's a very good show. It's a documentary series, a docu-series, I believe they're called. Yes. Um, on... <gasps> oh, the lights have gone out. Oh. Oh. It'll come back on. It'll come back on. Why do they do that? Yeah, it goes off. Um, okay, so um, in, t- in 1999, his, um, this guy called Dan Schneider, who's a pharmacist, hence the name, lost his son in a drug-related shooting Is in this New a true Orleans. story? Yes. Yeah, because it's, it's a docuseries. Yeah. Yep. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and so basically, here, um, because the police were a bit um, airy-fairy about it all and they couldn't seem to find the killer, Dan sort of went out on his own to try and find this son's killer and um, spoke to the whole neighbourhood and was a bit dogged about it. Like it was, went a bit mad while doing it, but um, essentially brought the guy to justice. And then later on, um, he realised that people were addicted to OxyContin. So basically he then brought down a doctor who was over-prescribing OxyContin to kids in the whole of New Orleans. So like just this amazing story of this one man who helped get rid of that whole farm industry of, of um, OxyContin addiction and stuff. It's a very, very good documentary. Um, and uh, he's a bit mad, I think. Yeah. Because his... And his family will agree. His family said he's just lost the plot a lot. But it's just the way that he just wasn't prepared to let another family have their son die unnecessarily was quite amazing. And it's very emotional. It's a really mm. good... Good documentary to watch if you how many, want something. I think how many like apps? four apps or something. Yeah. Not, not a huge um, investment of your time. Okay. What have you been uh, um, reading? I read another book. Yes, I tell you why I'm going through all these books because I did um, I did an evening for Penguin. Oh yes. For the publishers, something or other circle. Mm. Anyway, and they gave me a pile of books as a sort of thank you and that all of them are absolutely brilliant and I'm working my way through them I think adults was one of them that oh, we yeah. talked about last time yeah anyway so I've now read this book called expectation um it's by Anna Hope and I absolutely loved it so it's about it's about it's a bit like adults in the sense it's about three young women and their friends they meet at university and it's um, it sort of follows their journey through life, and it's sort of a bit about well, it, in the title, obviously, um, it's about expectation, expectation <laughs> and how life doesn't always I'll deliver, oh. and what it delivers and what it doesn't deliver. Um, and the three women, Hannah, Kate, and Lisa, not Lisa, Lisa, because it's from Melissa. Um, and they're sort of they start off and they're living in London in this sort of share house and then you know it goes on it sort of goes through their careers and and motherhood and marriage and it's just a really great read and I think um I particularly enjoyed it because the women are probably about my age maybe a little bit younger but when they were living in London it would have been about the time I was living in London as a young young lady um so there's quite a lot of parallels um but it's really good. It's really good. And then one of the women um, has a mother who was a green and common. Green common. Green and common. She was one of the women who, right. you know, big, yeah. green and common. I can't say it. Anyway, it was a nuclear base in the UK yeah. and all the it became a rallying 
um, place for women who didn't want nuclear weapons in the UK and they camped out and they climbed trees and all this stuff, mm -hmm. true story. And one of these women, mothers was one of these women. So you've right. got that story as well. And it's got this great line about how that generation of women were the nurturers and the carers and what's going to happen when that generation is gone. Mm. And that's like, I read it and I thought, well, that's so true. And, mm. and like, we have to become that generation. We have to be the nurturers and the carers, not at the extent of any, you know, it's important yeah. in terms of society and community, which actually at the moment is probably more important than ever. Yeah, it's very true. I've been talking to my neighbours quite a lot, checking that they're okay. Well, you know? I was going to put a... I haven't done it yet, so I've, I've been thinking about doing it. Does that count? Yes. <laughs> Putting a sign up saying if anyone... Well, my my neighbours are all very agile and able, but yeah. I was going to say that if anyone's feeling ill or needs anything, mm. don't hesitate to, to call on me. Yeah. I can go and do stuff and I can yeah, do Yeah, I think that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. I think it is a nice thing to do. I think people are very, you know... In coronavirus land, people are anxious and mm. scared, aren't they? So true. What they need... Is a good man in their lives. Oh, like Ben Affleck. Well, he's not really a good man. He's a useless <laughs> man, isn't he? But no, I've always trying. loved Ben Affleck. Look, I love him too. Yeah. And I went to the movies. Now, the movies might indeed be closed yeah. now, but when I'm recording this, they're still open. So I went to see The Way Back. Mm. I've seen the is, trailers. Which is his movie. Um, it's a very personal story for him because, of course, it's about an alcoholic not, it's not all about an alcoholic, but mm. he is an alcoholic, the character. And Ben has famously struggled with alcohol and has been in rehab and famously fell off the wagon and has spoken about it in an interview with the New York Times, I believe. It, was it the New York Times? Fair, where, it was amazing. Yeah, and basically said, you know, like, it was a... It, they couldn't have... He couldn't have not done the movie, but they couldn't call it anything other than The Way Back because they didn't want to draw attention to the fact that it was very remarkably like his life and all this sort of stuff. But basically he plays a guy called Jack Cunningham, who is a... Um, he works in the building industry. He used to be a very successful basketball player yeah. um, in this small town and he had a tragedy, which you don't find out about early on in the movie. It's done very well and I won't say what it is, which led him to become an alcoholic and um, he gets asked to coach the school basketball team after a long period of absence from playing any sport and playing basketball and he decides to do it and to try and change his life a bit and on the surface that is what the movie is but of course there's a lot more to it than that and there's a lot more reason why he can't just give up drinking and there's a lot of reasons why he started and you find out as the movie goes on you find out why he's like that and what's happened and it's very tragic. He is really, really good. He's so mm. freaking good. He's a good. great actor. And he's, he just is, his face is, he just is a lost man, you know? He probably is a lost man. Yeah. You watch then. I just wondered what time it was. It's the way I'm talking about Ben Affleck, it's boring you. No. He's very amazing. I highly recommend the movie, and you could probably wait till it comes out on. You know, mm. if you if well, if you can't go to the movies, you can't go to the movies anyway. But it's really good. I'm I really watch recommend it. it. It's very sad. Mm, so it? I bumped into a guy I used to work with at the cinema, and we both said how sad it was, oh, and we both did you cry? Shed a tear. Oh bless. Yeah. Oh. So there you are. I did. What's your favourite Ben Affleck film? Oh gosh, what's that? The Town. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was also, really I good. love the um, 
the Boston accent. Boston. Boston. And get in a car and drive real far. Yeah, I do love a Boston accent. Yeah. Uh, the town was good. I oh, and Goodwill Hunting was. Oh yeah, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah, of course. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Of course. Realise that we had to choose between that. Yes. Yeah. Should we talk about yeah. music to wake up to? Yeah, music to wake up to. So this was a story about how it's better to wake up to music. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was going to ask you, well, how do you wake up in the morning? Well, I wake up because my husband says, get up. Right. Uh, time to get up, time does to get up, time alarm, to get up. Is he, he has just, an alarm? Does he, does he work to some circadian rhythm? No. Well, he's he's an early riser, but he does have an alarm and he gets up before me right. um, and then he shouts up and says, get up. Oh, um, nice. No, he doesn't shout, but he's oh. like, it's time to get up now, because right. um, I'm not a very good riser. Um, but back in the day, I loved a clock radio. Yeah, and he'd, I he'd, love he'd a hear radio. the little, and you'd have it tuned into Capital Radio or whatever you, you know, and you'd wake up to your favourite DJ, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, apparently, if maybe you have music, maybe we should go back to clock radio. Yeah. Well, you can have your, your alarm can come on. You probably put music on your phone. Um, <clears throat> apparently, it can affect how groggy you are, and melodic alarms could reduce your grogginess in the morning. Oh. So, RMIT University in Melbourne study suggests that melodic alarm can improve improve your alertness levels. Harsh alarm tones can mean that you're too groggy. So, like beep beep beep. Yeah, it's not up. good. Yeah, no, but yeah, because it jolts you alert. La, 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 yeah, la. and they said some of the songs that you should listen to. And I'm going to tell you what they are what so are you they? can program them in. Good vibrations. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Close to me. So have they done this on, sci- on science? Yeah. So they've said that a melodic sound like the Beach Boys, good vibrations or the cure close to me because it's do, 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 do. Yep. Yeah. Might transition better into from, a, mm-hmm. from sleep to a waking state in an effective way. Um, and it says that um, it's really important for people who have to um, get up and might have to fight a fire suddenly. So, like firefighters oh. or people who work as paramedics or anything where you're in an emergency situation, yeah. if you wake up with music, you're more alert. Mm. Interesting. So you're not gonna you're not gonna you know need a coffee, I guess, which is interesting, which is good. Yeah. Um, there was some other songs. There were some other songs, but somehow. My phone is not letting me now tell you any of these stories. I don't know why that is. I can try and look it up on here. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yourself. I would like oh, to I be. Can't. I would like to be woken up by um, maybe Farrell and Happy. Oh yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, would you like to be woken up angels? by Angels by Bobby Williams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know he's coronavirus. Has he got it or just no, no, in he's lockdown? Just in lockdown. So right. he and um, Ida, his wife, keep posting these hilarious videos of them because they have to be a certain distance apart Aww. in their in mansion. mansion. Did he so get it my here? Heart, my heart bleed. Did no, he get that here? Because he was travelling. Oh, I see. Um, how do you wake up in the morning? Um, not well. Lee, well, lately, Lee, my husband, sets his alarm and then I wake up to the sound of him talking to the cat, oh. followed by him slamming the bathroom door, followed by him drying his hair, followed by him trying to find clothes in the wardrobe, followed by him trying to fill his water bottle because he can't be I'm quiet. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> he can't be quiet. <laughs> but then I have to say a couple of times I've slept through all of that, so I guess it just depends, doesn't it? It really does. Um, okay, shall we talk about... Oh, I can't find this thing. It's not letting me open this thing about period oh, art. Maybe that's a so sign. good. No, well, maybe, it's maybe a we'll sign. talk about it next week. I think it's a sign that it makes me queasy. 
Well, I don't understand why it won't let me open it. Can you just, it. just without opening it, is it a story about making art out of no, being no, in blood? No, no, no. So what oh. it is, it's a story about how your menstrual cycle means that in certain times of the month you're much more creative oh, yeah. than other times. Yeah. yeah That's been known for years. Oh. I, do, I'm not, I don't want to sh- shoot you down. No, no, but so yeah. there's this woman who... Isn't it known, to, do, to do with endorphins or something? Yeah, but it's also like, so she's saying if you want to do things, there's certain days of the month that you mm. should do them. And the, yeah, well, I'll talk about it next month. Yeah, anyway, I think yeah, it is very interesting. Whatever, yeah, we don't um, want to... Yeah, you <laughs> no, no, it is really interesting. <laughs> um, I personally have been very aware of that for years and mm. I think there has been research done about it for years that there are and it's all to do with creativity and energy isn't yeah. it yeah but it seems yeah. like she was saying like if you want to do something you should wait two days and blah 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 like you can actually time things yeah literally through unless you're on the pill or whatever so that everything works yeah so amazing. you live your best life that live way your best life. it's uh, a bit like do you remember all those stories a while ago which was um when to cut your hair according to the moon remember those stories <laughs> oh I knew about that years ago <laughs> Would you remember? And it was oh. like if you cut your hair on a certain day, oh, well, you're gonna hate it. It would no, it would. It depended how your oh. hair grew, and also when to wax your legs. Oh, because it would hurt more. It would no, no, no. Oh. It was to do with the moon. <laughs> Obviously, didn't get. No, that's to do with um, your hormones. Yeah. This is to do with the moon cycle, and there was. I'll, I'll look it up, but oh, it was yeah. all to do with moon cycles that your hair would grow more at certain times of the month. So. Um, which is probably hormonal as well, but that if you waxed on certain days, it would a lot be smoother for longer. Goodness gracious. Yes. Well, look, look, we have all that science backing us up. But not, any of those stories don't exist. But yes. Anyway. You know how my uh, tree landed on my car? Yes. We haven't talked about this, have no, we? No, it's amazing. So a tree landed on my car. Mm-hmm. There's a tree outside our house. We'd left to go on holiday. Like literally hours before. No, 20 and, minutes yeah. before. <laughs> I got to the airport. There was a phone call from Bethany. I thought, I don't know Bethany. I thought it was like one of those hoaxy calls. Mm. So I ignored it. I said to Timmy, who's Bethany? He said, our neighbour. And I thought, oh, shit. Why would our neighbour be ringing us? Anyway, rang her back. She said, are you at home? I said, no. She said, Lisa, she said, that tree's come down on your car. And it was just like, oh. I said, is anyone hurt? No. Anyone's house hurt? No. Okay, we'll deal with it. That's fine. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Four weeks later, I still haven't got a car. It's being fixed. But we went to see the man in the car. Mm. And he really shamed us in terms of cleaning the car. <laughs> like, really shamed us. Really? That we hadn't been looking after the car properly and we hadn't cleaned it properly. And cleaned we, the outside or the no, inside? outside. Uh. So all this dirt builds up and that causes rust. Yeah. And he was like, you have to pop the lid once a week. You have I to get, get, the get all, the all the leaves out. out. Yeah, I do that. Um, you have to wipe this down. You have to wipe that down. This is perished because of you. And but he wasn't being mean, but he really did shame us. And I didn't um, realise how important cleaning your car was. Mm. I thought it was just to make it look nice. Mm. It's actually a maintenance thing. Well, I knew about the leaf thing. Yeah. And I do scoop them yeah. out. Well, now Although I do. Someone told me you've got to be careful because spiders can be there. Oh, I bet. You know that bit of, hmm. you know, where you lift the yeah. lid up? Can I, be careful. can I just also interject? Yeah. had a brandy last night. I was drinking my brandy. Spider in it. What kind? Don't know. Dead. <laughs> drunk. Dead drunk spider <laughs> must have been living in the brandy glass. Oh. Yes. Now, I've got here, it says corona update, drink test. What does that mean? Um, no, it's breath testing. Oh. Because <laughs> we were going to talk about how the things that have been impacted by coronavirus. Yes. One of the things that seems to be, um, I mean, it makes sense, but it's odd. Yeah. Is that they're not breath testing anymore. No. no so does that mean the world's going to just go driving around Ellen trunk? in a handbasket. Yeah, we're all going to just be like driving down with, driving yeah. with the 
the top down, yelling out the window, Woo! Actually, my husband did say, and this is before it even um, had been confirmed, he was like, they're not going to do breath tests because how are they going to do breath tests? And I was like, well, they don't even do breath tests anymore. You just have to count to ten. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, but that's still breath. It's still breath. Anyway, and he said, let's get drunk and go for a drive. <laughs> and now we're not saying that we should, no. of course. We're laughing about No, of about course it. not. Responsible. Um, but... It's, it I is mean, a bit anarchic, though, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like the world's like you mm-hmm. know, all the rules have changed. The rules have changed. Yeah. Does that mean they can't do drug testing? They can't. They won't uh, do any testing. No, because that's scraping on your tongue. I've never had a drug test. Have you? No, never no. had a drug test. I've got, and in fact, and, until just the other day, I hadn't been breath tested for about ten years. Oh, I've been done and a few I, times. I was so desperate. Yeah. I'm so desperate to get breath tested yeah. all the time. I was like, pick me, and then I'm always when they wave me yeah. on. I'm always like, you buy. <laughs> then I got done the other day, yeah. and I didn't even know about the countdown thing because oh. I only ever breathed into something. Before. Were you clean as a whistle? Clean as a whistle. Do you drink at all when you drive? Like, will you go and have a glass of wine and mm. then have a drink? Yeah. You will. I'll have two glasses. Will of you? Wine. I yeah. won't. Oh yeah. Right, because only because sometimes I'll have a glass of wine and be squiffy. So if I know I that affects squiffy, me in different ways. I probably wouldn't drive. No. Like, and to be honest, it's not like I'm driving to you know 50 yeah. kilometers away from my house. Like, yeah. I won't drive if I'm going like to the central coast or to my mum or something, yeah. which is like 50 k's away. I wouldn't probably wouldn't have a drink, or if no. I did, I'd wait like a couple of hours. But if I go to my friend's house, I'll have a glass of wine and then yeah. drive home. I've driv- I have drunk driven once in my life. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yes, I drink. I was in a country pub in England and I had a big fight <gasps> with my boyfriend and drove off in a huff and l- did drive the car into a ditch. Oh my god, were you alright? Yeah, I wasn't hurt, but I was a bit shocked. Um, yeah. I think I had a dog with me. I vaguely remember. <laughs> was it your dog? <laughs> Not sure whose dog it was. <laughs> anyway, and then I had to walk back to the pub where everyone oh, wow. was, where I'd stormed out yeah, of. Yeah, that's even worse. That's the and worst part of the whole story. Yeah, and then I had to go, I've driven the car into a ditch, and they were like, oh, good one, Lisa. <laughs> and then everyone had to come and push the car out of the ditch. But was the car damaged? No, it was all right. And you didn't get tested by anyone? Like no, because luckily <gasps> it was country roads and there was no police around. I think about but I was, it. It was the only time I've ever done. I think about the times, like I used to go out in Sydney, this is years ago now, <clears throat> and I used to live um, half an hour's drive from the city, um, and when I was a teenager I would drive in and out of the city, like drunk, probably drunk, like way, probably over the limit, not even really Back knowing. Back in the day. Yeah. Never do that now. Have they changed the limits since those days? Yeah, they days? have. There used yeah. to be a lot more. I worked on the Manly Daily newspaper, and... Um, I did the Trump page because they did the the police breath did a breast testing w- weekend and it turned <laughs> breast testing breast, <laughs> a breast testing weekend um, and um, it was something like eighty percent of everyone they tested had alcohol in their system mm. so I did a story going you know this is actually fucked it's terrible yeah. but they weren't over the limit necessarily yeah. but eighty percent had alcohol and then I had everyone just went me going. Um, well, you know, they're under the limit, so what's the problem? They're under the limit, what's the problem? And it's like, well, the problem is 80% of you are driving around with drink in your systems. Mm. I thought it was a problem, but everyone else disagreed. Mm. So I don't know. Look, I don't think there's a problem having a drink. I think, you know, when you watch those shows on TV mm. and you see how much RBT. people just oh my like, God. flaunt the system, yeah. then you kind of go, people, no. you, don't need to take, you don't need to gamble with other people's lives. No, and there's a big call now for zero, yeah. isn't there? yeah. 
And that makes sense. It does make yeah. sense. I mean, it's boring as batshit, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think with Uber now especially, yeah. all that's changed. Like Northern Beach is where the Manly Daily was. You know, you couldn't get cabs for love nor money. Now there's Uber everywhere, so there's now there's actually no excuse. Yeah. No, there is no excuse no. at all. And I can, I mean, I'll leave my car somewhere random and go and pick it yeah. up the next day and it might cost end up costing 100 bucks. but at least I haven't killed anyone. That's right, or, Claire. <laughs> not to my knowledge. <laughs> I might have had a fight with my husband yes. or, you know, bored someone to tears. <laughs> bored someone to death. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, on look, and on that lovely note, let's hope we haven't right. bored you to tears. Yeah. Um, if we have... We apologise. Wake up. Um, wake up with a lovely musical. Yeah. Happy. Happy. Uh, 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 uh. No, cut that. <laughs> okay. God. Shall we All move right. on? We're moving on. Um, okay. We shall see you next week. Have a good week. Stay healthy. And yes. Um, um, keep up. Stay happy. To your elbow. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and email us on We Are Playing Devils at gmail.com or come to the PDA's, PDAs. The Facebook group. Yeah. And we shall see you later. See you later. Bye.